Glory to God in the heart. 
chapter 7 John chapter 7 I would like to read to you from verse 37 in the last day that great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. I'm going to try to minister to you this morning on a river that makes glad. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. The Bible teaches very plainly that uh, people were called out of Egypt. God raised up a deliverer when he heard the groaning and the crying of the people in Egypt, the Israelites that were in Egypt. And they were under much load and oppression, and they were feeling it big time. And, you know, we have often said that hard times, tribulation, persecution, affliction, things of, the, of that nature, that they can be a blessing in disguise because it gets our attention and very often it helps us to call upon him whom we need to call upon as it is written whosoever shall call upon the name everybody said Jesus 
the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a beginning, just like music begins to help open a channel and invite in the presence of the Lord. Not just music by itself, but Bible said in one place they prayed and sang. So when we put our prayers with our singing, we put our worship with our singing, then it begins to open a beautiful channel. Uh, one place in the scripture also spoke of how that evil spirits were cast out and moved away because of spiritual singing. The enemy doesn't want to be around the spiritual thing. He, he, can't, he can't function in that kind of environment. When the Spirit of the Lord is there, there's liberty there. There's a freedom there. You can get freedom from spirits that have ruled in your life. Why you have done the things that you've done. Why you've been involved with what you've been involved with. The enemy always gives a false feeling of freedom and uh, makes people think that, wow, I really have arrived. I'm really there now. I'm really feeling good. And all the while, they have become a servant to a spirit or and or spirits that are driving them in wrong directions. They become uh, chained and slave, enslaved to these spirits. And they consequently do what they would not normally want to do. And they find themselves uh, in, in, in a presence and in the grip of that which causes them or tempts them and leads them into the wrong, into the hurtful, into the harmful. And they wind up in a miserable state of existence. We want to try to follow the presence of the Lord. We want to yield to His Holy Spirit. And we want to bring ourselves into a place that we can be led and guided by the Holy Presence of the Holy God. He sends His, he sends his good word and His good spirit to instruct us in a good way. He wants to lead us out of captivity, for it is written. He did that. Jesus did that. He led captivity captive, meaning he got you were already a captive, and he led you out of that, and he brought you into his presence and to a place to where there is true liberty and true freedom. Hence it is written, whom the Son of Man has set free, he's free indeed. Or actually, whom the Son of Man has made free, he's free indeed. And so you want to let God's plan and God's power come to your life in a manner that it will give you this type of liberty. And with that is going to come a gladness, a joy, a happiness, a complete reversal and opposite of what you have been experiencing under the burden of transgression and sin. He wants to get you out of bondage and get you to a place to where you can know a true freedom that you're not subject to the whim of any spirit. Even the Bible talked about people being come captive at the enemy's will. How sad that becomes when the enemy knows the weak spot. He knows the point, the pressure point. He knows the button to press. He knows how to surround you with that which will cause you to go in the wrong direction and once again enslaving you. You don't want to find yourself that way. You want to find yourself in a proper attitude of repentance before for God so that he can bring you a true liberty and a true freedom that you can cast the devil out 
cast off the shackles, cast off the restraints of your mind that are keeping you from the goodness and the gladness of God. The uh, scripture teaches that God raised up the deliverer by the name of Moses. And he sends Moses, who against all of his insecurities and inhibitions, obeyed the Lord. And he went down to Egypt, and God had given him some signs. He only used one of them. It's good when you can be easily convinced and entreated and persuaded that it, it doesn't take a whole bunch of extra effort here to uh, uh, and just have to keep on and keep on and keep on to get somebody to believe Jesus and take him at his word. One man was told by Jesus, he said, uh, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. I don't see any sneakiness in you. I don't see any cunningness in you. I see a, a pure heart, a pure spirit here. And blessed are the pure in heart, it is written in your Bible. As well as it is written, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst, thirsting after righteousness, the right way, God's way. And, uh, and he told this individual that, and the individual couldn't believe it. He said, From whence do you know me? And Jesus said, well, I, saw you. I knew you before you were back there sitting under that tree you were sitting under. And the man was so marveled and so amazed that he, he just exclaimed out and said, You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus was also taken back because the man was so easily persuaded and convinced of the truth. And he told him, you're going to see greater things than this. He said, I got a whole lot of good things planned for you. If we can get our heart in the right place, I tell you, God's got nothing but good things planned. And the enemy wants you to, he wants to muck it all up. He wants to, to tread the waters and stir up the mud and make you think it's no good. He's a liar and the father of it. He always has been. You need to get in there and believe God. Take him at his word. There were those when Moses came and showed his sign and spoke to the leadership. And uh, you're talking about, about transporting. Well, some people don't like, you know, a transporting. But I'm glad that the Bible talked about one individual that was doing the work of God and, and looked like he had such great and tremendous success and everything so good. And the Lord said, time for you to go over here. And when he got over there, he could have very easily been down in the mouth and been grumbling and grousing and complaining and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, you know. And he could have said a whole lot of uh, junk. But instead, he just went about getting with it. And in getting with it, here, the Lord leads him right to a chariot and to a man reading the Bible. He teaches the man the word of God. The man said, hey, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? He said, if you're believing this word and you're believing on chapter and verse, and then that's leading you to believe that Jesus is the Christ, and you do that with all your heart, he said, we're going down in that water, and we're going to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins, and you're going to be a glad and a happy camper. You're going to be happy about that. You know, when you submit yourself to God, you throw, what's that, what's that saying? I'm all twisted up in the game and the points are out the window. You know, when you just quit thinking about you, that's what that really translates to. 
You're not all caught up in your selfish desires. And one place said, what am I going to get out of it, you know? What are we going to get out of it? We've done this and we've done that. What are we going to get out of it? Well, see, that's when you're all messed up. It's when you're all about him, when you're all about his glory, when you're all about his work, when you're all about the church and what's going on, and you toss everything else out the window. Boy, I've been waiting a long time to say that. Good Lord knows how to fit things in, doesn't he? Amen. There's no notes up here, folks. This is just an invitation that somebody filled out, okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Come on. Woo! Yeah, Lord. And you, you know, when God rewards, I want you to understand, he knows what will absolutely just get down to the deep inside of where you laugh and get happy about. And the, the, what did one song say? That Jesus is the center of my joy. Well, he knows right where to touch. He knows exactly what to do. And, and here's this guy. He just come out of a red-hot revival and goes down into a desert den, meets one guy, and baptizes him. And the next thing you know, they come up out of the water and the guy's all by himself. Hey, where'd, where'd the guy go just baptizing? What happened to him? Hey, what's going on here? Oh, you see, God had a reward. God said, come on, I'm going to take you today, and I'm going to introduce you to transcontinental flight, and I'm going to give you a first-class seat where you kick back, and we'll give you everything you have need if you won't have to do nothing. 28 miles away, Philip lands in another city where God gives him so many blessings, and even a wife and daughters. Wow, you're talking about good things to happen in your life. God wants to add the good things. If you give up this, 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 and this. God said, I'll give you this, 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 and this. What you give up is what hurts you and what weighs you down and depresses you. God said, I'm going to give you gladness. I'm sending a river of blessings your way. And they'll make you glad. They'll make you glad you obeyed the scripture. They'll make you glad you stepped out from the crowd. They'll make you glad you said no to the devil and put your flesh under subjection through repentance. It'll make you glad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, old brother Moses, he gives his sign. He speaks to those that he needed to speak to. And word begins to trickle among the congregation. And they begin to say, okay, we, we asked, we prayed. Here it is. Our answer is in this guy. Let's go. And so three million and a mixed multitude there were some people they influenced, some people that didn't want to be left behind, didn't want to be Egyptians anymore, didn't want to be sinners anymore. They wanted to, they wanted to get up out of here with those people, and so they did. And, they were, they all be, and God began to give them blessings as they were leaving, and all kinds of things that people just showered them with all kinds of, of blessings to uh, finance their trip, you might say. And they were heading out, and it looked like day after day was looking a little, whoa, we're getting tried here. I'm not sure this isn't looking so great. You know, some people think that everything got to be pretty. They think that everything just got to be smooth, you know. But let me tell you something. There are times when it ain't pretty, and there's times when it's not smooth, and there's times when it's plumb crooked. But that's all setting everything up for our God to send a river that'll bring down mountains and bring up valleys and straighten out crooked and smooth out rough. You got to learn to trust him. Sure enough, 
they camped one night and getting them that pillar of fire over them. You know, it's cold out there in the desert at night, but God provided the, just the right amount of, of heat so that they could rest comfortably, and they did. And when they got kicked in the side in the morning, because they got kicked in the side by the, the vibration in the ground, and all of a sudden people started sitting up, and all of a sudden they begin to realize that the cloud, by day, it's moving. What are we doing? We, gotta, we can't be falling asleep here. We got to get moving. The cloud moves, we move. God's moving, we're moving. And I'm telling you, God's got a church that's on the move. God's church isn't slacking. God's church isn't behind the times. God's church is not old-fashioned. God's church is tried, tested, and proven. And it's right, and it will always be right, because it's God's mind and God's will and God's thinking and God's plan. Amen. I go in a lot of directions right now, but I'll quickly tell you, take Job for an example. And, uh, and God decided on a certain day to try Job, to test him. And, and, of course, the old enemy was gouging God and poking God, saying stuff. And what you've given them ain't nothing. They can't stand up to anything. They'll, they'll fold at the, at the first little puff of wind. And God said, well, you go ahead. Just don't bother him. And so everything natural was wiped out of Job's life putting this condensed for you concisely and so everybody, everything gone even his own family's gone and now he's just, he's just there and here comes the enemy again before God and he has not cursed God Job did not rail at God. God he did not go off on everybody everywhere and have a bad spirit no sir and the Bible teaches that the enemy come back before God and he said, well, he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But always that with the enemy, right? Always the excuses. And so he says, you know what? If you just let me uh, touch him, oh, then he'd sing a difference. Oh, he'd curse you. He'd curse you to your face. The Lord said, yeah, well, you go ahead. Do your thing. He said, but uh, except for his life. You don't, you don't take his life. You see, God's in control. He tells a death angel how far you go, and you don't go any further. You're going to run into something that you're going to find out that God is in control. And so the Lord uh, let Satan go about his business, and Satan came down. Of course, he gave Job boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, covered in boils. And old Job just sat himself down in sackcloth and ashes, and he took a piece of broken pottery and began to scrape himself and just trying to deal with what he had to deal with. But the Bible said even after his wife came and told him to curse God and die, that he still maintained his faith and his integrity before God. He still showed the right character before God. And he said, look, I came in with nothing. I can go out with nothing. No problem whatsoever. He said, but I'm not cursing God, and I don't plan on dying. And one place in the Scripture, over and over, the psalmist said, yet will I praise the Lord. Yet will I. Oh, Job was saying, my day's coming. And didn't Job say that? He said, yet will I see him. I'm going to see him. When he gets done trying me, I'm going to come forth a vessel for the fighter. Woo! Yet will I praise him. You're not going to win, devil. And you and people that compromise and go back on God, they're not going to win. You hear me? They're not going to win. Amen. Oh, no. We're going to, you know, if you want God to stand by you, then you best stand by him. <laughs> and, uh, and Job, he pled his case, and he, he was, of course, in somewhat of a, uh, upset heart at what all has happened and what's going on and 
He didn't have years of preaching and explanations and counseling. And uh, Job was the high priest of his home. And he had tried to do and maintain, and he continued to maintain it. But yet, you know, he had these three people come around that were just plain miserable, and they weren't comforters like you would want. You know, that's like when you get chilly at night, you want to pull over the, the comforter that's got a little something to it. And instead, you pull a sheet. That ain't going to do it. That's just too thin, you know. And it holds a little bit of chill in it itself. You want something, you know, got a little something to it here. <laughs> and, and, and Job was, uh, was feeling the effects of these uh, miserable comforters, you know. And they, uh, they were just arguing with him and telling him things to scare him and upset him. They weren't, they weren't trying here to point this thing in the right direction. And uh, what did the Bible say? When somebody gets in a mess, then you which are spiritual and you which are strong, then you pull that person out knowing that you yourself could be tempted. And so we don't have a bad attitude about people that get themselves in trouble. But we certainly are not going to compromise with a spirit. We're not going to let a spirit run rampant around here and wind up with a house of disorder. We've got to stand for God and stand for His truth. And I want to be a good comforter and I want to work with the comforter. But you've got to hold a line because that's what makes things work right. Oh, old Job, Job uh, gets visited. I just finished reading the Bible all the way through, and uh, 66 books. My last book was Job. You know, when you've done this a few times, you've got to do it different ways. So sometimes you start in Revelation and go backwards to Genesis. Sometimes you go from Genesis to Revelation. Sometimes you go from Matthew through to Revelation and back to Genesis to Malachi. There's all kinds of different ways to plow the field. Just keep plowing it, Okay. You pray for me that I'll keep plowing the field, okay? And uh, so the Bible teaches that uh, in the last three chapters of Job there, and I got to save that, you know, like the ice cream, the, the dessert. I saved that because I knew what was coming. You know, I have read it before, and I knew what was coming, but it was I just relished it was going to be so enjoyable. And so I just kicked back last night and threw my feet up on the desk and read those chapters man and I loved it when God came in there and he said who is this that darkeneth counsel with words of no knowledge he said you stand up be a man you come on come on right now I loved it God just called him out but you know when God got done whipping his youngin into shape he didn't just whip him to whip him he didn't whip him for his own benefit. He whipped him for his salvation, for his benefit. That's why it's written, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Okay? Because you don't want to be like somebody without a father. Maybe like me, you grew up without a father. But one day, my father, my real father showed up in my life. I finally recognized that he was there all the time. I want to tell you something. You don't despise the training and the teaching and sometimes the spanking of the Lord. It's going to do a good thing in your heart. He came to seek and to save you. So, so God got done chastening Job. Talked to him a little bit. Paralyzed his mind. Job said, I'm covering my mouth. He said, I've, I've said it and I ain't saying no more. <laughs> you know, that's when you got something you can work with. And uh, Job said, I, I repent. He said, I'm, I'm in ashes here. He said, I am poured out. You know, he just made it crystal clear. I am wrong, and 
And I, I mean, all the adjectives you and I would use, I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I'm ignorant, I'm an idiot, <laughs> whatever. You know, we would just, I hope we would just load the plate real good. And, uh, and Job made an excellent repentance before the Lord. And then the Lord turned on those three miserable comforters. Woo! I wouldn't want to be in their shoes for their socks. Let me tell you, he told them, you are going to go to Job and you are going to bring a sacrifice of repentance and offering and you're going to offer it to Job and when you get done doing that, you're going to ask him to pray for you. Talk about a humbling down. <laughs> you're talking about getting humbled down. I'll tell you what, it's so much better to just kiss the earth before, before, you know, before that great big hand from heaven come down and just swat you like a fly. It's so much better just to be willing and get down there as quick as you can. Throw yourself on the ground because you know the bullets are about to fly. And you know that there's a hand from heaven going to come like a broom. Have you ever read that in your Bible? It's right in your Bible. And I want you to understand something. My God knows how to deal. But I like it because he can deal with his church and get his church in shape. But then he tells everybody else, that's my church. And you better come sacrifice. You better come pray. If they do it wrong, I will take care of them but you don't lay a finger touch not mine anointed do my prophets no harm amen well anyway Moses' group is waking up to the thunder of hooves and the rolling of wheels chariots and Pharaoh the devil and his army all that third of the heavenly host they're coming they, hell has opened her mouth and they are coming out of there swarming coming after three million people and these three million people don't have a sword or a spear I guess among them they hadn't got anything to fight oh that's such a good place to be in you can say well I don't have this and I don't have that you know the devil just gets you talking about what you don't have and blinds you to what you do have and Moses himself fell on his face and God said why are you on your face he, you know, there's a time for prayer, and there's a time for preaching. There's a time for worship, and there's a time for getting out and getting about it. And right now, God was saying, get up and tell my people to go forward. Everything is out in front of you. I got it all planned. I know where the rocks in the riverbed are, and I'm going to make the water stand up and show you where to step. I'm going to lead you every step of the way. I'm going to set your feet in the steps that they need to be in, and you're going to the other side, and there is a church. There is gifts. There is power. There is healing. There is provision. There's rivers that are flowing. So get up, get with it. Don't give me the world's smallest violin. Poor old me. God don't want to hear that junk. God wants you to lift up your voice and talk about how great your God is. How powerful your God is. I don't need the weapons of this war out here, this warfare of this natural world. I need the weapons that come from God. They're mighty through God. Not by power, not by might, saith the Lord, but by my spirit. Woo! Hey, you're talking about God coming to the rescue. Man, I want you to know when God showed up, everybody hit the ground that day. And when Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, stood up in the Garden of Gethsemane and they demanded to know who he was when he said, I'm he, they all fell down. Just like he told Pilate, he said, I could pray right now 
and have so many legions of angels here, you wouldn't know which way to go to hide. But he said, you know, we got some things to do here. We got some other business to take care of. That's bigger than you, more important than you, but you could be a part of it, Mr. Pilate. You surely could. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you what. My God is a great God. <laughs> and I'm trying to get to that, tell you that when they get out of Egypt, you can remain standing. I'm going to, I got to wind it down. You come out of Egypt, that's a type of the world. Pharaoh coming after you, that's a devil and all his sin and his sinful ways, lifestyles. You want an upright lifestyle. You don't want a down in the dirt, filth, mud, garbagey lifestyle. You don't want a triple X lifestyle. You want a Holy Ghost lifestyle. And so, old Pharaoh's shaking the ground. And they go forward because God told them to. Moses stretched the rod. The river opens up. And they go through dry shot. Wind blew to dry all that muddy riverbed. God took care of every detail. He wasn't even going to let there be mud on their shoes. I know my wife is saying right now, I wish God would do that around that new building so you quit bringing all that sand home into the house. There will be sand in the house. <laughs> but uh, they went across, not a speck of mud, and they got on the other side, and the river collapsed. And, you know, they just can't do what the church does. They can mimic it. They can mock it. They can try to imitate it. They can brand exit or triple exit or whatever exit. They can do all that stuff. But the truth of the matter is, they only have an imitation. They only have a counterfeit. And you don't need to be fooled, okay? You don't need to be taken in by that kind of stuff. You don't settle for anything less than the real thing. And you can know the real thing by chapter and verse in subject matter, okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. And when that river dropped back down on them, the Bible said they were drowned and they saw them no more. God took care of them. God wants to get sin out of your life till you don't see it anymore. Till you don't obey those spirits anymore. They've been drowned out of your life. I can't hear your music for the gospel music. I can't see what you've got for the vision that I have in the Holy Ghost. Everything else has gone strangely dull and dim. I don't see that anymore. I got my eyes on the hills from whence cometh my help. I've lifted up my head and waited for my Redeemer. Amen. Everybody said hallelujah. Well, it wasn't too long. You know, they got thirsty. And the hot burning desert sand shows you about trials and tribulations. And the Bible teaches that God told Moses to smite the rock. I'm not going to go in a whole bunch of stand. I don't have time. And you're standing. But I'm standing too. But he smote the rock. And the Bible said rivers. Not a little trickle. Okay. Rivers of water gushed out of that rock. You're talking about gladness. You're talking about people were thirsty and hot. And the, the desert sand was in their eyelids and their eyelashes and their ears and their hair. And down, it always gets down in the back of your neck, you know. And it was just, ah! And they were miserable and they were unhappy. And they were breaking out in hives and rashes from the heat. And now they're looking and beholding with their own eyes a rock that has begun to gush out. Somebody said one time, I believe it was my pastor, he said you had to decide right at that moment which side of the river you wanted to be on because this was going to be a river wider than that canal. Do you hear me? It was going to be a huge river 
gushed out of that rock and they got happy gladness look at this water look at this pure sparkling water and you talking about a day at the beach friend they jumped into that water and they drank and they swam and they bathed and they just hoorahed and hoopahed and had a great big old time I'm talking to you about the Holy Ghost and he said in this New Testament I'll give you the river inside and it'll come out of you it'll flow it makes glad the river of God the psalmist said makes glad it makes glad you can get happy there's nothing drudgery depressing or sad about getting the Holy Ghost and being in God's church it's happiness it's joy it's the greatest thing you could ever have the kids said it's so fun you better believe it's so fun it's great it's gladness and you need to understand the Bible said upon receiving the Holy Ghost they serve the Lord with gladness nobody was twisting their arm about anything they were only too happy to live for God and that's what the Holy Ghost which is the comforter will do for you let's take a moment lift our hearts with our hands and open the altar I'd like you to come this morning to receive the Holy Ghost let Jesus fill you with his spirit you want to get Christ in you the hope of glory you want his spirit in you because without that you're none of his but he is wanting you to become one of his come on now good to have you here this morning I'm a running I'm a running I'm a running to the mercy seat where Jesus he's calling come on now he said his grace would cover me his blood will flow come on now it will provide a healing. I'm running to the mercy seat. I'm running to the mercy seat. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running to the mercy seat where Jesus is calling. He said his grace would cover me. His blood will flow freely. It will provide a healing. I hope your heart is running, I'm running on high speed. I need you, Lord. I need you right I'm now. Running to the mercy seat. I'm running. I'm running. I'm running to the mercy seat where Jesus is calling. He said his grace would cover me. His blood will flow freely. It will provide God healing. is great. I'm running to you. the mercy seat. I'm running to the mercy seat. 